0: We invite you to this coming week's message of Good Theology, a podcast ministry of the Good Theology Project, a mission of ministry to seek, sow, and spread God's kingdom of love here on earth. We cannot wait for someone else to do later what God has already called us to do here and now. To learn more about the Good Theology Project, visit us online at goodtheology.life. Grace and peace to you. For those of you who may have missed last episode or just now joining us, I had the pleasure of doing last episode live at the 2021 Q Christian Conference. Uh, It was during that episode that we actually announced that beginning this episode, we'll be answering questions that uh, have been sent in. We'll take one or two questions, try to answer them um, as best as we can, and then delve into the word like we normally do. If you have a question based on a topic that we've already discussed or anything else, please email us at goodtheology at iCloud.com or visit our website, goodtheology.life. Uh, if it's regarding a specific sermon you heard, uh, please reference which sermon it was just so that we know which one to go to. Um, and we ask that when you email us, please include your, please include your name. Um, We don't share it. We don't put it on the website. We don't put it on our we don't like I don't call We don't call you out by name as this question came from X person, but But every voice belongs to a heart and soul uh, And every soul is important and so you are important and so we just we would like to get to know you as you get to know us uh, This week we're answering two questions that came to us. The first is about fear and uh, last, ep- last episode, we talked about being um, that your baptism calls you to be this authentic self or authentic self of, of what the baptism is. And that that comes with anxiety and fear, right? That, that you can be trepidatious and anxious about how to handle that F- fear is a mighty beast if you reread revelations and think of that beast who we conceive of it as satan and the devil but but if you were to use revelations and talk about it the beast as if it were fear it makes sense for it to be so scary and for it to be so at odds um with god's work of love and creation right now Myself, even though I am a, a ordained Episcopal priest, I'm also very much in, entrenched and believe in Ignatian spirituality, and and so in that Christian practice, there is um, there is a practice called uh, imaginative prayer, and if you're familiar with Ignatian spirituality, it is the uh, spiritual uh, spirituality that's come from. Ignatius of Loyola back in the 16th century. Uh, the Jesuits are the, the storehouses of that Ignatian knowledge and spiritual practice. And so this practice of imaginative prayer is something that they do often, and it shows up in a lot in what they do and their retreats and stuff. Well, with regard to this, this individual's question about fear... One of the exercises I would actually recommend is a modification of one of the Ignatian practices. So there's an Ignatian practice where you uh, find a piece of scripture like the Incarnation, Mary giving birth, the Nativity. We just did Easter, right? So we all have, I mean, a lot of us have seen um Nativity scenes and plays and all of those kinds of things with the birth of Jesus. And so with imaginative prayer, what you're invited to do is recreate that entire scene, but in your head, let your imagination do all the heavy lifting. You know, you close your eyes, you put yourself in a place um, that gives you that time and space to do that. And then you reimagine what the scene would look like. Now, it might be easiest to start with Christmas, but it might also be easiest to start with something that you don't, <laughs> that you haven't seen your kids or your cousins or your friends, you know, act in, or you yourself act in, and so you need something a little bit more. So, like, um, maybe it's the scene where the Israelites are are walking around the walls of Jericho until the walls come down. Right? Maybe it's whatever whatever scene you choose. The point is, you take some time, and you imagine that. You imagine the sights, the sounds, the textures, the heat, the coolness, everything you can think of. Um, Where are you in the story? Are you one of the soldiers? Are you one of the townspeople in Jericho? Where is God placing you in this? And it's not, I mean, there are a lot of reasons to do it, but the reason I'm offering you this as a prayer, as a spiritual discipline practice is because as you read scripture, and do this imaginative prayer. There's going to become a point where you're going to find deep, you're gonna find deep, we call it consolation, but essentially it's that blessed assurance, that resting heart that Paul talks about. Um, There's an ease to it. And when you have that, when you're able to find the scriptural narrative that when you paint that picture comes up for you with sights and sounds and feelings, then you have something you can go back to, right? Then you have something to focus on when you're anxious, when you're trying to find yourself centering for prayer. Like, um, And so it might take some time, but the practice itself of, of delving into that imaginatively is actually a centering practice into itself. And so, it's not like you've got to do a bunch of work before it happens. You know, from day one, from exercise one, you're going to gain some sense of calmness over your anxiety. God will be there with you in the midst of it, right? And so, but once you do, once you find that scene, once you find that that narrative, and open it up to your creativity, really, that causes you really just solid comfort, where you feel at ease in that scene, then I would say when you're out in the real world and interacting with other people and and get riled up watching the news or bumping into somebody, whatever, or getting, I don't know, somebody cusses you out, I don't know, whatever the circumstances, right? Somebody's demanding of you, your boss, your employee, whatever it is, your kids, your husband, your wife, whatever. If you imagine if you place yourself back in that scene, if you place yourself back into that place that causes and gives you such comfort, that can be a grounding space for you. It becomes a protective Eden to, to safeguard you against the storm that only seems to be just growing and growing. I think... We are very aware that, I remember, I remember a friend of mine was like, oh, two, six, 2016 sucks, right? She she was feeling that way. I don't think, I don't even know if she remembers how bad two, 2016 was compared to 2020. And we started 2021 with all of the the insurrection at the Capitol, I mean, it, there is never going to not be a moment when fear anxiety and the devil try to invade the storehouse of of splendor and patience that god has for you like has stored within you you just have to center yourself to have that happen and so one really good practice to confronting that fear is to create space with imaginative prayer. I hope that helps. Uh, If you'd like me to go a little bit further or I didn't answer your question the way that you were hoping I might um, or you're looking for a little bit more, I invite the listener to please email me, uh, again, at goodtheology at icloud.com. Revisit the question and I'll be happy to go, go deeper. The second question was about if you need water, for baptism, now depending on depending on the tradition, there are varying degrees of how much water you need. Um, you know, you, you maybe only need a teaspoon or a clamshell worth of water. Maybe you only need just like a little sprinkle, like a droplet of water. Um, and the question the the question that this person was posing was, why is water needed at all? When isn't it God doing the baptism? And it's a great question because to say that God needs water to baptize us is... It, it goes against the sovereignty of God, right? It, it, it limits God's ability, right? Um, to say that God can't is not is not an accurate statement that we believe as Christians. Now, will God, or what is in the best interest of us, those two questions are very different. And so it's not, do you need water for baptism? Because you don't. God does not need water for baptism. But what water, what it does give you is a touchstone that carries through time that that water was used in the creation story right that like i said last week that water was used in ancient israelite culture and and faith and ritual that water was used to baptize jesus and that 2000 years after jesus We still baptize with water, and so part of water's place is not just about its sanctification as an instrument, but about its sanctification, its holiness as the one thing that is permanent no matter what. That has always been present in the Christian story, in the in the story of God's people. And so I would say I would need water in baptism. That that water is a necessary component for bapt for the sacrament of baptism. Because it gives you, it ties you. It ties you into something that is more than just your relationship with God, which, which baptism totally is your relationship with God and God's relationship with you and, and how you convey that into the world. But, but by using the same base elemental substance that other Christians have been using, that has been used throughout all of time your baptism and baptism in general is not then just about you it is about more than you it is about you and everyone who did it like you all of us all of us are connected even though the ritual is you know one body well like one person one human person or one whatever is being baptized right like um we, we won't go into, can you baptize an animal? I'm not, I'm not covering that on this p- podcast. Um, <laughs> but I will say that it is a unifier. It is a physical unifier. Okay, so those are the two questions that we are answering this week. I hope that uh, you found consolation and joy or... Enrichment in us adding this practice to our podcast. We are going to go ahead and, uh, as part of every episode of Good Theology, before we delve into the Word, we uh, center ourselves in our intentions. So if you'll pr- please pray with me Almighty and everlasting God, our ears to hear you, our eyes to see you our behavior to share you glory be to you god source of all being incarnate word and holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen so today um we have decided to use we still are going off of the lectionary um and so the scripture from lectionary we've been using the New Testament for a lot of our episodes lately. And this uh, scripture from uh, Sunday, January 17th, the second Sunday after Epiphany, um, the Old Testament scripture is actually what really stood out to us. So we're going to go ahead and read from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. And again, the link is available in the episode's description. I'm reading from the Common English Bible Translation. Now the boy Samuel was serving the Lord under Eli. The Lord's word was rare at that time and visions weren't widely known. One day Eli, whose eyes had grown so weak he was unable to see, was lying down in his room. God's lamp hadn't gone out yet and Samuel was lying down in the Lord's temple where God's chest was. The the ark. The Lord called to Samuel. I'm here, he said. Samuel hurried to Eli and said, I'm here, you called me. I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go lie down. So he did. Again, the Lord called Samuel. So Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, I'm here, you called me. I didn't call my son, Eli replied. Go and lie down. Now, Samuel didn't yet know the Lord and the Lord's word hadn't yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli, and said, I'm here, you called me. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down where he had been. Then the Lord came and stood there, calling just as before, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, your servant is listening. Sometimes scripture gives us a moment, uh, an inspirational mindset couched in a story. Because as humans, we pass our beliefs and values on best through story. The Bible is a collection of stories because we remember them. Um, we retell stories before it was written down. The Bible was a, was an oral tradition. We hold on to them better. Hearts and minds are changed, and not, they're changed through story, not through orders given. They're changed through testimonials. Uh, a, a huge example was uh, the uh, Re- reconciliation project in South Africa, where it was about the The truth commit was about telling the truth. The stories was what it was important. Well, God knows that, and so we have this book of Samuel. Now, the book is actually a collection of two scrolls. So, first and second Samuel are the two scrolls that make up the book of Samuel. And uh, in the Samuel, it's the story of how Israel went from being a collection of tribes to one nation under the unifying rule of king david um who is like the the mightiest hebrew bible king uh he's so important actually that later prophets um say that the messiah will be of the house of david david and the gospel of matthew for example makes a huge huge important part at the very beginning in chapter one that like addresses jesus's connection to david David is a really big deal. And so Samuel, Samuel is this priest and prophet who anoints David and pronounces to the world that David is the unifying and great king of Israel, God's chosen of God's chosen people, right? So Sam, Samuel's a he's a super important figure in the story of Israel and the story of Israel's people and God's people. We don't see him the same way that we see Jeremiah or Isaiah, um, but his role was hugely important. And so our scripture today, our scripture is about that moment when God reaches out to Samuel and says, I choose you, Pikachu. Pikachu. Okay, so that, that's a video game reference to Pokemon, but I hope you, you get what I mean. It's when God calls out Samuel's name and says, come follow me. Just like in First John, when Jesus calls out to Philip and Nathan, or when he calls out to Peter, it, follow me. Well, how do you know that God is speaking to you? How do you know that God is calling out your name and is about to give you instruction that God is speaking not in general or allegory but that God is really and truly calling out your name. When when you join the postulancy process, the process to become a priest or a, a priest or a deacon in the Episcopal Church, we ask all of our seekers to tell us their call narrative, the story of God calling out to them and them recognizing it and answering God's call. A call narrative, that doesn't happen to just priests and deacons. It actually happens to all of us. God calls out all of our names. He names us. Uh, Last episode, I preached on baptism. I preached on that conscription. Not the voluntary committing, but us being committed to God's service, right? Uh, and, And that's a little different than what I'm talking about now. This isn't us being voluntold into God's ministry of the world. This is us hearing God call out your name specifically. And God does have a history of calling us all out by name. Moses, Mary, Peter, God most certainly has no problem calling people out over and over and over again. But, but I want you to think for that, think on that for a second, because is it is it really that hard to believe that God would call for us, like call for you or call for me specifically? I know that I, the examples I brought up were Moses and Mary and Peter, but our, sometimes we think often we we kind of wonder. Like why would like why are we so important that God would call out to us? Right? Like, well, I I push back on that. I mean, how often do we call out for God? How often do we pray and speak Jesus's name? I just I want you to sit and with this moment and appreciate that yes, God does call out for you. And if you don't think that God is, if you don't think you've heard God call out your name, I would almost dare to wonder if you've made the same mistake Samuel made and just didn't recognize it at first. Because when we hear it, well, honestly, sometimes when we hear God call our name, we have a a knee-jerk reaction that maybe it's not a good thing. You know, because when you think of someone calling out your name, it's not always for greatness, right? I mean, when, when Ricky would call out Lucy's name, he would always shout, Lucy, you have some explaining to do, or uh, either of the Darrens yelling out, Samantha, or, or Homer shouting out, Bart! Um, and, and how many times have we heard of Mr. Potter before 10 points are deducted from Gryffindor? Even if you've never seen I Love Lucy, Bewitched, The Simpsons, or Harry Potter, I'm pretty sure that you can picture the trope in your head. The hero always being called out by name because they're about to be blamed for something. And it's not just in pop culture. like it, It's biblical, right? Go way back to the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. Chapter 3 right? of the very first book... God calls out to Adam and Adam and Eve they hide because they knew they'd done something wrong. It's the very first instance of calling a uh, very first instance of God calling out a human's name in like from far away calling to and guilt is already at play. That's the tone and the lie that I think we've told ourselves over and over and over throughout time, throughout space, and throughout television and movies, that when someone calls out your name, it's not gonna be a joyful moment that lifts you up. So here we are, right? Back in Samuel, in the temple And Samuel's being called out by God. Well, what have you done when God has called you out by name? Because he has, I promise. If you look at, there's so many in scripture, but for example, Psalm 139, the opening words of Book of Jeremiah or countless other places, we are reminded that God knew us before we were born. God has been calling out to each and every one of us by name even before we knew our own names. And whether that name changed, God called out to you by whatever name you know yourself to be. That is what God has been calling out. So what does the Bible tell us to answer? I had a Hebrew Bible professor years ago, bless her heart, would say the Hebrew word was Haneni. Hineni, it means "here I am," literally. But I love the way that she taught it to us because she, remind, she she explained that it's not a sheepish, it's not a sheepish expression. It is a boisterous and boisterous. It was an expression of "Yes, Lord, here I am." Hineni, here I am. When the Lord calls out your name. You raise your hand high, like Hermione. She wasn't trying to throw it in everyone's face that she was better than them. She just really badly wanted to be part of this totally amazing world, a world that she felt like she needed to belong to, that she deserved to belong to, that was calling to her, to be part of the magic of Hogwarts and the wizarding world. She wanted to participate in the miracles of the castle and of this people that she had been blessed to join. I remember when I was pledging my fraternity in college and they told me, you only get out what you put in. And I remember when I joined my first church and the head pastor said, he said on day one, right? This is the first, like, I didn't even mean, I mean, he just said it first day I was there. If you wanna know what to do, not only should you come back, but volunteer volunteering, he said, joining a committee, he said, that was how you found meaning, belonging, and purpose. That was how the church went from being this big thing that felt awkward and weird to being yours and being a home. So what does Eli tell his protege, this boy who he raised? He says, tell God, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. God has called you by name. God will continue to call you by name. You can fight it. You can trick yourself into thinking it isn't God. You can do all the things you want to do because you have free will. And so you can delay or even forego a relationship with the creator of all things if you choose to. But but don't for one moment ever doubt that God is calling out for you and to you waiting with bated breath for you to tell him that you're listening. And to the question of how do you know? Sometimes it's really easy. And sometimes it's really difficult. Even when God was calling out, Samuel, Samuel, he didn't know it was God. As Episcopalians, you know, my denomination believes in church, but... I'm pretty sure that goes for all of us who are, I mean, even if you're in a non-denominational setting or not even in a church setting yet, church is the vast, large body of more than just one person being for God. Church is believing that we validate each other's calls, that we say, hey, that was God calling your name. We do it for our fellow parishioners, for people we've never met. Sometimes it's just as important to be the Eli of the story, to tell someone that God is calling for them, as it is to hear our own names being called. Now, be assured, we are all called. um, But sometimes it's hard to see it. And so it's beautiful when we can help others recognize it for themselves. Well, so what do you do when your name is finally called, or when you finally realize, I should say, that your name is called? Honestly, in a way, it reminds me of when you're picking up your drink at Starbucks. You listen for your name, and when it's called, you walk up. You reach for that drink. That drink that's already been paid for and then you go forth into the day. Won't you pray with me? Gracious and mighty God, who spoke and all of creation came into existence, who spoke and whose incarnate word became and fleshed, took on form and was mightier than the mightiest of prophets and higher than the highest of angels. Mighty God who speaks not just to the big but to the small not just to the great, but to the less. God, you use every circumstance and you call us out each and every one by name. And we say to you, Lord, speak, for we, your servants, are listening. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Good Theology. To learn more, please find us online at goodtheology.life.